Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task, that's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That is not it. There we go. Happy Friday to everybody. Pre-Michigan game. This is Jay Foreman, DP, old school, brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese special ingredients at Butcher Shop, 84th and Havelock, 30th and Yankee Hill. We are live out here at Cornhusker Bank at 8310 O Street, essentially 83rd and O Street. It is the Husker Appreciation Tailgate, which uh, just got started at 4 p.m., goes all the way to 6 p.m., Free food and drinks provided by venue, restaurant, and lounge. And so now you have me, myself, and DP. And Larry the Cable Guy will stop by at some point, just like uh, this time last year. It's, it's uh, you know what, uh, Nebraska actually played pretty well last third, last time we were out here. And uh, it was actually 90 degrees plus the last time, so it's uh, good luck. Well, well, Larry brings heat. Oh, there's we, been, we now have yeah. that confirmed that Larry the Cable Guy brings, yeah, he brings, brings warm he, weather with him. Yeah, and he has a uni- unique perspective. You know, I think with uh, – I know him as Dan, but I guess, you know, Larry, that, um, you know, with the uh, changing of the stadium potentially, and obviously in a, like a year and a half, two years or however much, 25 seasons, so in two football seasons, it would be great to get his uh, perspective in a sense of he has a very vast experience on fan of appreciation. So he'll go – I'm going to – I want to ask him about the different venues and some places he liked to perform in, some places he doesn't, um, some places that have made renovations, X, Y, and Z, and he can give a unique perspective when it comes to the stadium, right? And when you have an old stadium, you have to have it updated. I know that, like, you know, I have, a, I have firsthand knowledge. I remember growing up and going to the Metrodome. And obviously, when when Minnesota had that uh, huge snowstorm, it kind of really set forth itself because they've been trying to tell the the state and the city of Minneapolis that they needed, you know, renovations and stuff like that. Well, Mother Nature took care of that. But I remember playing in the Metrodome and coming in as a visiting team in Buffalo, and I was like, this thing is almost like rat infested. Now, a phenomenal outside, but inside needed a lot of updating. Now they're able to do so, and then obviously then it, then it meant, you know, now the Twins have their own stadium. Obviously the Vikings have U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, and so sometimes change is good, and, and the timing is, I would say, is probably never good. I mean, you see a lot of these things that happen at the pro level, whereas that's how the the Raiders, which is probably the, the, the I guess, the playbook on how not to do it, right? You, you start out in Oakland, then you go to L.A., then, you you know, Al Davis doesn't pay his bills. Nebraska's show, obviously showing that they're going to pay their bills. Then you go back to Oakland, and then you partner with the A's. Yeah, you know, it just never – you know, I, I've played out there in Oakland. I was like, this is not the standard. Uh, that nowhere is where Nebraska's at, but that's how the Raiders end up in Las Vegas. And uh, that's how the A's will probably end up in Las Vegas. And so things like that can change. And obviously college football is way different than uh, NFL football as far as how the cost sharing goes and stuff like that. But it is a different way because you're using private money. And then obviously 
I'm assuming, you know, what you make off of, you know, uh, games and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, that's probably secondary news until, uh, you know, tomorrow. You know, Jim Harbaugh and those guys are in town right now. Um, it's less than 24 hours before you tee it up against them. And, you know, a lot of questions can begin to be answered tomorrow. I don't think the fifth game of the season tells all, it, but it does give you a good snapshot into – you know, it's kind of like your first. Uh, you're in college, and I, you know, I, you know, I thought I was going to be an accountant, DP, and then uh, you get through accounting one and two, then you're in the real deal accounting. Well, this is the first test right here. Uh, we're going to see where you're at now. You, you know, whether you pass, fail, or kind of indifferent, A, B, C, or whatever you got. Uh, but you'll see uh, where you're at, and then you got to know that if you got to go back to the drawing board, or you're you're drawing with the right uh, utensils. What do you think? Well, we talked about it on the show before the season started. And I don't right. know if you remember the conversation. I do, yeah. That, that listen, you'll know more after Minnesota than you did uh, after yeah. week one in Minnesota. You'll find out more of the identity, what the culture is, what they're trying to build, and how they're going to go about it. Right. Now we're starting to know some of the personalities, right? And we've yeah. identified that there's certain players that have, have, have gained our trust. Yeah. And then there are those that we still have questions about. Sure, yeah, for sure. I, I think sun, Saturday night we get more answers. Sunday morning we'll be much smarter about what this version of the Hustlers is going to be and who the key players are going to be along the way. Right. Um, Michigan is kind of a, a – this is one of those apexes where you're going to have to – you're going to have frictions going to show up. Yeah. Some new questions are going to show up. And then hopefully some new heroes show up. Like hopefully some folks from, from the masses step up and say – this is my opportunity. Listen, I, 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 like, my my first college baseball game was only because the the team captain got sick yeah. the morning of of the first summer game, and the, I didn't expect to play. Right, coach looks at me and hands me he just hands me the starting lineup. Like, okay, I guess you want me to tape it to the wall. Right, right. <laughs> You're yeah. going to tape it to the dugout. Yeah. And I put it on the dugout, and I look, and the first name at the top. Yeah, you had to look twice, right? Hitting, hitting yeah, the lead yeah. off and playing <laughs> center field. And I'm Surprise. Like, hey, I'm like, wait, hey, yeah, hey is this yeah. a joke? Yeah, like, surprised. I literally, hit, here's yeah. a joke. And he, then he says, hey, I want you to, not only are you hitting lead off, we're playing Richmond, and yeah. they've got a dude. They've got a dude. And he looks at me, and he goes, not only that, but I want you to hit left-handed. There you go. And I went. He's testing you already. I said we were just playing hit with the switch hitting. He goes, yeah. "No, no, I yeah. want you to. I want you to hit left-handed." He goes, first to bat. You're going to take two pitches. You're going to get a bump base hit. I'm going to send you to steal second, and Johnny Bardax will, will, will slap you in uh, 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 with no outs. There it is. Did it come in? Did the oh. plan to work out magnificently? Well, I I bunted on pitch two. Right. Oh, oh. <laughs> I bunted on pitch two because he gave me a fastball down down the gut, yeah. and I laid it down the third third baseline. He didn't even get a throw. First pitch, I still second, base hit on pitch three. There it is. Here we go. If and the exhale after and, that, though, right? And and yeah. I'm not here. Like on, real talk, I'm not here today if I don't, if that doesn't happen. Right. Exactly the way it happens. So t- tomorrow's a big day for the roster. Yeah. That Nebraska holds because somebody, several people will get opportunity. Right. We may not even think they're going to get an opportunity. They may not think right. it. I hope you they're just, prepared. Yeah, you just never know when your opportunity yeah. uh, comes. And, you know, obviously they always say, like, when, you, uh, when you're when you in games like this, man, you don't knock on the door. You just go in there kicking. And, and then you just try to lay everybody out after that. And I think one of the things that's 
interesting to me, I think I combined their first, like, half a semester grade will be this game and then next week because I, I'll be able to see kind of where they're at right now and then also see what they do after this game because you got another decent opponent and then you got a bye week after. So you get kind of like um, winter break or whatever it is, you know, as far as school, you know, analogy. Um, you know, really this game right here is going to, you know, I feel like Nebraska is a product of their own circumstances that they made in a good way, right? So you really, we keep saying it. Like, I think, they, you know, going up to Minnesota, everybody didn't know what to expect, but a lot of people expected Minnesota to win, right? And then Nebraska outplays them in pretty much all game except for two or three plays, and, and obviously – Two minutes and 35 seconds, Jay. Two yeah. minutes and 35 and, seconds. And, then, <laughs> and, and you do all that with three interceptions by, you know, with the quarterback. So then that changed the expectations and – what everybody deemed as reality, how they should play week in and week out. And then you go on the road to a hornet's nest to Colorado, which before the season everybody thought that was just a layup. Well, that the things didn't change. And you kind of start out real well there, and then you kind of stumble, you know, down your feet. And then next thing you know, you, you play white. So now the expectations have changed, right? Yep. And then obviously then you see, you know, Heinrich Harburg come in and play well against, you know, Northern Illinois and, and Louisiana Tech. So tomorrow is going to really be show you who the real competitors are, right? Um, and and you saw a little bit in the in the first couple games because that's really where you get to judge yourself on. And then you're going to see who's really a competitor against Michigan, and then go from there. I think Michigan is the number two team in the nation. I don't necessarily think they're playing at it right now, and and their circumstances that they're dealing with as well, which we knew all the way back in the Big Ten media days that potentially Jim Harbaugh was going to be suspended. They were motivated by it, and it seemed like the defense was it was very motivated by it, and the offense hasn't really clicked at the same rate. You know, we had Blake Corum coming back and Dylan Edwards trying to find out where he's at, and then they have had a lot of transition in the offensive line as far as two of their starters are transfers in. And so, you know, you had also different coaches suspended based on other things that, you know, from, you know, Harbaugh being suspended. So they've been in kind of transition, and so they've been able to kind of hold serve, per se, and was challenged for a little while against Rutgers, so that was good, but they just haven't looked, at, you know, up to the number two standard. But that should give Nebraska a lot of confidence, right? If Nebraska goes and plays their game, uh, they should feel confident they should be able to hang in the game. The one thing I want to see is are we going to coach, play, I'm going to call it teammate, to win? Like, I would rather go in there and, you know, empty you know empty the gun and maybe lose by, like, say, 21 versus kind of, like, play try to play it close and lose by 10, and then now you have a fictitious, we played them close. No, you got to just mose it around and kind of, you know, it's always like the cat messing with the, the little piece of yarn. You learn more by if you prepare, fight, and play to win every game because if the gap is, you know, just say – three scores, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the next time you play a like opponent like them, you learn from it and you get to prepare for it, and then therefore you're closer to, to beating that team. Because if that's the standard that you're trying to get to, you got to really see where you're at because that's going to help, and, and it should, in my opinion. Now, yeah. this is, I'm not yeah. the coach or anything. Yeah. That will magnify and accelerate your development, recruitment, and then your what your standard is. Overnight, You're, this is where I am with it. Nebraska can't, couldn't, can't, and couldn't beat Michigan this week. 
If they haven't done the work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Uh, right. Look, you're, you're asking for a miracle if you're just going to pray and hope that they get better enough. If you haven't adjusted over the, over the previous five weeks, you have zero chance. Right. Now, but here's the thing. There's simplicity in it. I, again, as a coach, I can tell you I walk into a room with a full understanding of in order for me to play well, I have to do basic things exceptionally. Oh, sure. Like, let's simplify it. Like, I'm going to look at, at, at Ben Hart and Corcoran, and listen, I need zero penalties from you. And that's not asking too much. Asking Division One football players to not go offside, to not grab, because we didn't have grab practice. We didn't have, <laughs> like, like yeah. not, not once yeah, did we have, very simple. not grab once practice. did we do drills where we false start. Yeah. There's not one drill where we said, don't take them to the ground. Don't make the tackle. Don't yeah. make the play. Don't know what you're doing. Right, yeah. So all you're going to ask him to do tomorrow is do the basic stuff exceptionally well right. one play at a time. Yeah. Don't get – I mean, this is where – this is why the I adopted the Nebraska mantra before I even came to Nebraska. Day by day, play by play. Right. And it's every – it's one play. Put your hand in the dirt. Do your job for one play. And then lock it up and load it again. Right. And – Everything that's being asked of them tomorrow is a thing that they've been asked to do every day that they've been on campus. Right. So there's nothing. Look, Michigan, as they say, they put on they put on those funny funny helmets the same way Nebraska does. They oh, yeah. wear, they put on the gold pants the same way Nebraska puts on theirs. Right. Then it's just football. Yeah. And quite frankly, Jay, I don't have to be as good as you for four quarters. I have to be as good as you. One play at a time. Right. That's it for tomorrow. Yeah, collectively as a team, I mean, the games are won and lost. I mean, the game is essentially played already because of the work that you would like to have put in, you know, from whenever you started preparing, which was on Sunday. Um, and it has to be, you know, the ultimate preparation regardless of who you're playing. But then obviously when you're playing a, a significant opponent, the intensity and stuff should, you know, crank up, you know, and, and – you know, it really it comes down to a lot of times is like how much does the game mean to you? You know what I mean? Like a, a lot of people can say I'm competitive, right? And yeah. that, and what sometimes what I think that means is they like to win, right? Now, I don't think anybody does anything that doesn't like to win. Like even if somebody plays cards or, you know, something like that, you like to win. I think when you when the game means something to you, it's just in your blood, and, it, and you, you know, you can't sit still, you know. You, you, you're, you, know you, you understand what it means, and you're willing to accept the challenge, and you're also willing to accept the outcome based on the previously what you did uh, leading up to the game. And, and that, that, there's a significant difference. I think a lot of – and this has nothing to do with necessarily Nebraska. I think a lot of younger athletes want to – work hard with certain conditions and that's say that again for the people I mean, it, the is, it is the truth right, they, like, like okay they'll, they'll sign yeah. up to, they'll sign up to work hard but they want to be like guaranteed to win well that's just first of all it's not life and that's just <sighs> that certainly is not football and you know you mentioned the penalties and i understand that but if 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 i'm trying to do the right thing and you're playing against chris jenkins jr and he has a great move on you and you happen Ooh. to and you happen to hold, okay, I can deal with that. The penalties that you don't want what is a little bit even what we saw last night at uh, Lincoln East versus Miller South where you come out, okay, first play of the game last week. You ain't in. I got to burn a timeout. Those are the type of things that Nebraska cannot do because that is something that you can control. 
you can't control what Michigan does. You have you have to control what you do, and you gotta essentially, like we say in basketball, we gotta play steady. Well, but we we've said it. It needs to be on the shirt. <laughs> it's it's Nebraska versus Nebraska. That's their that's their hardest like, opponent. Like that's yeah. it's not. It's got nothing to do with Michigan. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with Minnesota. Row your boat. We don't care. We're gonna kick your butt. Like that's if we do what we're supposed to do. Every time we put our hand in dirt, break the huddle with a full on, I can look you dead in the eye as a teammate, knowing that you know what, what I'm about to do, I know what you're about to do, and we go get it done and we meet again. Yeah, I think, you know, to be honest with you, this game, these games are easier to play for Nebraska. It, like, say, like I was on Nebraska. In a lot of ways, they're easier to play than when we, you know, like I was thinking – you know, when we had to go play at Washington or when we were playing at home against the number one team in, or two team in Colorado or the number five team in UCLA or teams like that. And here's why. It is because nobody across the nation is expecting Nebraska to win. Right. Right? Everybody's expecting it just to be a, a close game based on Michigan doesn't run a lot of plays and the new clock situation. So, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, body blow. Right. So, really, you have nothing to lose. So, you can play freer than you did, say, when you play Illinois next week, right? Because you guys are kind of like on the same level, supposedly. But then also, if you really want to if you really want to do something, you should have this show-me type of mentality. Everybody says you guys are good, right? Everybody says, like if I'm a defender, everybody says Blake Corms go, okay, let's, well, let's see how good he is. Let's see how good J.J. McCarthy is. When we have a defensive scheme that fits our personnel up to this point perfectly, and we get to lay hats on him, we get to see how good he is once he starts to get punished. We get to see how good their receivers are when they're not able to catch a ball and have unlimited space on the run after contact and all that type of stuff. That's what. That's how you become better. That's how you become a consistent program. Is constantly competing, and you know wherever they got the mentality or wherever it was developed of. We put on these ends and stuff that really, that of the, of the guys that did all the work, and you think that 15 years later you're going to show up and get the respect that the work, like that has to stop. That's why I always said you have to look yourself in the mirror, and see who you are. You have to not like it, but be okay with it, and then find a plan to get your get yourself out of it. Well, and well the you fans, do- the fan. I mean, we have to separate it, right? Because the fans. When people talk about Nebraska and the brand, they're not talking about the guys on the field. They're talking about the people on this on this patio right now. Yeah, that's who they're talking about. They're talking about Husker yeah. Nation. Yeah, and then the play, because that's the players yeah. are gone. Like they're all you're all graybeards now. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, Nebraska's <laughs> brand is the the fans and the 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 bells and whistles we have, yeah, and, and a lot of the things that you know really you know before we go to break, this is. This is how you have. Well, how many how many games is a sellout streak? Hey, tr- hey, how many games is a sellout streak? Wake up, three hundred ninety three games. You want to know how you get a three hundred ninety three game sellout streak? DP is because the product on the team isn't what we used to have, but everybody goes to see a glimpse and a hope that they could just play to a certain percentage <laughs> of what. Of what they we did in the night. The loudest and, and, screen, the loudest that, ovation it, tomorrow cannot be who they show on the big screen. No, but that's <laughs> but that's, that's it's not even about that. They, uh, they they are going 
to the game every week, regardless of who they're being honoring at halftime. Yeah. With the hope that they get close or show some glimpse of when football was played the right way around here. That's how you get people to continue to go. But it, then what you have to do is you need to marry that with some of the people that are playing so they understand what they're getting into. I think a lot of times people don't like the quote-unquote pressure because pressure gets comes upon you when you don't know what you're getting into. But when you are well-informed and well-supported, there is no pressure. Yeah. And that's the difference, When man. you're prepared, you don't bother. I do want to get Jeremy. He says, uh, I know you're talking ball, but, DP, it's 95 degrees out, and you're in a long sleeve jacket. You good? Hey, listen, Jay, feel this jacket. Yeah, it is, yeah. This, this jacket is the thinnest yeah. thing on anybody got here. And remember, I'm a coach. I coached in Texas. I wore long sleeves when it was 105. Yeah, and, this we're, is not and, it and like, the, like the last time, we were in the shade so because we cool as, we cool as a cucumber. So We need to get everybody in the room, on the, everybody in the building, to drop their name in the bucket. We're going to give away uh, tickets to tomorrow's game, and then we're going to give away uh, some autographed footballs. So we need, we need folks to register up. Otherwise, we'll just take them home. And they'll go on my on my shelf. So Jake Sorensen will be the guy. This this good looking dude here in the red shirt. He will collect information, and then we'll come back here here on 93.7 The Ticket. Yeah, we'll be right back after a break.